Do you feel that in a time when we are more connected than ever, we are drifting away from real human connections, especially to ourselves? I do. Hi, I'm Leticia Latino, and I want to invite you to join me and my very inspiring guests in exploring ways to reconnect to your essence, to your definite purpose, to what makes you tick. Are you ready? Hello and welcome to a new episode of Back to Basics, Reconnecting to the Essence of You. If you have been following, this has been a special month because it's Women History Month. And the last interview of this series I've had all women this month is with Maria Senidu. Maria has 20 years of international experience and has held global and regional technology, innovation, and marketing roles. She has worked in three different continents and speaks four languages. She's uh, such a, an interesting person, but what is even more interesting about her is that in 2017, she decided to disrupt herself, and now she introduces herself as a PhD material scientist and a former corporate executive turned into a storyteller, a blogger, a podcaster, and a change maker who inspires to guide others through empathy and generosity to conquer the fear of change in their lives. She considers herself a global citizen and wants to spend her last day on earth playing with kids by the ocean. Hello, Maria. How are you doing? Hello, Leticia. I am doing very well, and I'm uh, really excited to have the opportunity to talk with you. Thank you. Thank you so much. To give a little bit of background to, to my audience, uh, you and I have never really chatted before, but we met through the podcast fellowship of where you were a coach and you helped me a lot. And so I learned to admire your work, started following you on LinkedIn. And again, when I was thinking about this month and, and women that are inspirationally, definitely your name came up and I'm so happy you decided to come on the show. Well, I'm very I'm honored to be here and thrilled that we crossed paths. And uh, or yes, we have not uh, talked, uh, you know, on uh, online, but we have uh, we've had a lot of interactions and I'm very grateful for it. Thank you, Maria. Thank you. So I share with you a little bit of how the conversation goes here at Back to Basics. And it starts at the beginning with your childhood. And uh, I know you are from Greece. And that is very exciting because you're going to bring a very different perspective to the conversation. And so with that, I want to I want you to share with us how was your childhood? Tell us about growing up in Greece and who were you as a child? Uh, I was actually, I was born and raised in Athens, in Greece. Uh, I, was, um, I was raised in a working class family and my, my father passed away when I was only eight years old. So I was basically raised together with my two sisters by a single mother who, who after my father's passing, she basically started working in a factory. And she, she was able to raise her three daughters. And uh, they all live still in the same neighborhood that uh, we were born and raised. I used to, I mean, I, I attended public schools and public education. I was very much interested. Uh, I don't even, uh, since I can remember, uh, I, I loved uh, physics and chemistry and math. And I decided to study chemistry uh, at the university. And uh, so I became a chemist. And I used to spend my summers... Uh, in actually in the countryside of Greece, where my parents uh, grew up, 
that was a very lovely time because it was away from the city and it was really fun time and uh, you know playing in the, in the countryside so that's something that I have a lot of me- good memories uh, about well definitely a beautiful country to to be born in I remember I was lucky enough to visit Athens and Greece uh, some of the beautiful Greek islands and I remember being standing in front of the Parthenon and say I cannot believe I'm here it's one of those places where where you really wonder you know you are in awe of what the human beings have achieved so I cannot imagine what it was to live in in and in, in being raised in a city like Athens And uh, obviously you went on then, and I don't want to jump ahead, but you study physics and mathematics and then philosophy as well, I read somewhere. Yeah, so I actually, so I studied chemistry. I, I, that was my degree in, in the university. And then I, I loved learning so much. So I, I decided to do my PhD and that was in polymer science and material science. So, I gra- I, so basically I graduated with my PhD Uh, and halfway through that, uh, I actually came to the United States first time as a summer intern. And uh, I did some work also at the University of Massachusetts uh, in Amherst, which is known for material science. And uh, then I went back and basically completed my, my PhD. That's awesome. And do you remember, I mean, being as a young child, I wonder, you, you say I always like mathematics and all that. Was it through school that you realized that you had this love or do you remember what, what was it that maybe attracted you to, to such a particular career? Obviously, <laughs> very difficult, but it's particular. Yes. And this is strange because I don't know what uh, led me to that because we started uh, like reading books and different topics uh, very early on, you know, as soon as I could, I could read. But I cannot really point my finger why, why I was interested in that. Now, the funny story is that, uh, again, both my, my father and my mother, they, they grew up more or less poor and then they became, you know, working class citizens. But we were, my sisters, my two sisters and myself, Uh, are the first three among many, many cousins that we basically went to the university. And the three of us, they are all in STEM. My older sister is a math teacher. My, I have an identical twin sister. She's a chemical engineer. And I'm a, I mean, I'm a chemist and a, a material scientist. But we are the only three. So I have no idea where something happened there. <laughs> But wow. I cannot say, yes. And my father was a taxi driver. That was his profession. And my mom was a stay-at-home mom until my father uh, passed away and she became a factory worker. But there was no whatsoever exposure to STEM uh, and sciences. But we very early on, we started uh, reading books. We went to the library. So I cannot, again, I cannot remember where or how that started. But I always, I always remember that that's what I, I was interested in. Wow. And I'm going to go a, a little bit and play psychologist here, but I'm not. And we are celebrating women this month. So I'm going to ask this question, and I don't know if someone has ever asked it to you, but you say you, your dad passed away at eight. I, I come from a Sicilian family, so it's very male-dominated. And my dad was very forward-thinking in terms he wanted us to study. But, you know, for the women in those societies, it's not necessarily something where our parents dreamt about us being, you know, PhDs and, and having two masters. Do you think it, it has any impact that maybe that you, you and your sister were with your mom? Or do you think it would have been exactly the same had your dad been in your life? 
Yeah, so actually that's a beautiful question. I have thought about it, but nobody ever asked me that before. My mom has uh, said many times that uh, my father came, uh, was a bit more uh, conservative. And perhaps it was also, you know, his generation, but I think compared to my mom, and now I know only that through my mom's, you know, storytelling. So my mom always says that if our father uh, were alive and, you know, he was part of our lives, he, he was probably... Oh, he might not have been so comfortable with all the things that we wanted to do, the different things, right? Because, again, you know, different generation, different expectations. Um, maybe, you know, he would expect us to, you know, basically become stay-at-home, uh, you know, wives and moms, which, again, I think is a great thing to do. Uh, however, I don't think he would have... Uh, he would have been so comfortable with, uh, and, and again, me leaving the country and traveling around the world and pursuing my career. That my mom tells me that this might have not been so easy for him, but I cannot say. <laughs> Interesting. No, and, and I ask because, again, my background is my dad. Sometimes I wonder because he's extremely conservative, Sicilian guy, but I yeah. also left at 17 to study English in England. I mean, he allowed me to do things that I wonder how, and now he's 85 and he's very happy that I'm a successful career woman, but he struggles with that because he also wants me to be, you know, the perfect mom, the perfect, yeah, you yeah. know, it's a struggle that they go through. So even when I asked the question, I'm sure your dad wanted what's best for him, but they're from a generation and from a, yeah. a, a location, you know, a place on earth that is very conservative. So whichever way it was, I'm very happy that you follow your heart and did what you like to do, which is amazing. And that you had a strong woman uh, behind you as your mom to, to support you and your sisters through it. Yeah, and I think what you talked about, so my mom has been and continues to be my role model, the person I look up to. Uh, she, ha she is very strong and she taught me to be like independent and basically, you know, pursue everything that I wanted to do. But she was also raised in a family, again, different generation. But my grandmother, you know, from my mother's side, she basically also was a widow very early on in her life. So, they, you know, they were raised in families that they were like, mother has a very strong uh, position and influence and guidance. And I think that that carried on because I know that I have inherited, you know, this type of, I guess, thinking, but also skills throughout my mom's side and, you know, directly from my mother. Hey, I, I don't know if this is going to offend you, but the big fat Greek wedding movie wasn't that big because of nothing. It's, I think it, it hit a nerve <laughs> on, on a many things. Like, again, I'm Sicilian and I could totally relate to that movie where you see women being strong, but having to play the part of women as well and uh, try to play it smart and, and uh, yeah. getting what they wanted through different strategies, right? So um, yeah. mm -hmm. I, I think that's very much the, the case, being, you know, uh, a mom myself. And, a fa you know, I always say I have, the, I have the, the visual of my mom being a housewife and for her cooking and taking care of us is the best thing that can happen to her. And she's very proud of that. And that's what I try to imitate in my own life. But then I have my dad being an entrepreneur, being a career man. And I try to emulate also the entrepreneurship that he has. And I always say, there's no way I'm going to do both things well. You know, you're going to have to fail in one of the two or not do or settle for less than perfection. And that's usually a struggle that I'm sure you have as well. Yes, and I and I love what you said. And it is uh, there is no way you can do both or you can balance. I think that's all like a big uh, myth 
it's, we do the best we can. And I don't have a kid, uh, you know, my own. So it's, uh, it, I, I know that, and I, I mean, when I think of what you do and women who have, you know, families and careers, to me, that's amazing how you do that. But I think when we look back on how we were raised, I think family, you know, family and kids and family, I think plays a big role. So, and I think that's that, and I think that continues to to drive, uh, you know, how I live my life, uh, how I, I influence the people that I have in my life. So this is, you know, although my career and what I my work is very big part of my life, I think the family aspect and together with my family, I mean my friends, I think that continues to be a very very important part of my life, and I value equally. You know, both of them, I value them equally. And again, I, I don't strive to be perfect. I just try to live my life. <laughs> that's, that, that's, I think it's a great way to do it. I, I'm with you. I, I get to a point where you say you do your best, you put your yeah. best out there. And, uh, and when, once you do that, then you are at peace with yourself. You know, uh, I work, I work very hard, but I always have, I always say, I don't want my kids to feel that I work very hard. You know, I might be taking it on me, but for them, I'm mom. And I want them to have my undivided attention in that time that I'm with them. And uh, that usually, now it's enough. I, it used to be a time where I was struggling in, to, to compare myself to how my mom did things, but then she didn't work. So there was no way I was going to do them exactly the same way. But yeah, that's uh, the life balance uh, uh, challenge that, that you mentioned. So going back to you and your very interesting life story, um, and you mentioned you went to the States, but can you share a little bit that that trip? Because I read somewhere that it was the first time you have gotten into a plane yes. was when you came to the U.S. <laughs> yes. And so you were how, how old at this point? I was 26. I was just uh, actually 25, 26. I was uh, basically two thirds uh, through my PhD and I was a summer intern because I was working on a, on a project uh, supported by ExxonMobil. Uh, that was basically providing the funding for my PhD research. And I, they invited me to come as a summer intern so I could start transferring some of the technology I was developing. And so, I, yes, that was my first uh, ever flight. Uh, I mean, you know, working class family, the vacations were, as you can imagine, more or less, you know, driving to the countryside or taking the boat and going to a Greek island. That's and all. you live in Greece. Where are you going to go? People go, people exactly. save all their lives to go yes. from where you're from. Yes. <laughs> so, but yeah, I remember, you know, but, you know, so again, I'm on my own. I, I cannot remember exactly how I felt, but I do remember, like, I, I do have a, you know, memory of uh, at the airport and, like, it was very noisy, it was big. And I remember my mom was there, you know, of course, with tears on her eyes and my two sisters. Uh, it was a short trip. It was going to, well, short. It was going to be for six months. And uh, basically, I, I remember I felt a lot of tension, like, okay, what is, what is, what is going to be? But I also, I was very curious. So there, it was a combination of tension and excitement. I think my curiosity to meet, you know, new people, to visit new places, to see what else is out there. I think that helped me, I guess, um, balance a little bit my the tension that I was feeling. But it was, again, on my own. I knew a few people, you know, I had met them like basically on the phone that we had discussed. But again, it was uh, it was a big step. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's, that's awesome. And I, I, I cannot only imagine when you got to the States, I mean, to have you had the curiosity, but you also have the drive to go out. Yeah. Because I'm sure when you're at that age, and I have a lot of friends back in Sicily, uh, 
that they either have not left or, you know, if they have left, they, and they could, you know, I have family that I say, you have, you have family in Miami, come visit. And they, I don't know why there's some resistance to that. It's either you have it or you don't. You, you go and the people that left, left, and then the ones that stayed, stayed. I'm very impressed that, that you know, at 26, you say, let's just try it. And it was going to be a short trip, but as always happens when you come to the U.S. I came for also for a couple of years and it's been 23 by now. <laughs> and I read also you came for a year and then it's been 20. 21. Yeah. Oh, I imagine. So, so then you, you, you started working, getting into the swing of things. You had the big corporate job. You were doing uh, marketing and, and M&A, if I understand, and a lot of interesting things. Yeah. Yeah, well, yes, not from the beginning. I, I actually started, again, after um, after I finished my PhD, they invited me to come back for my postdoctoral studies. And that was, again, something that I wanted to do for a year. I was actually engaged at the time with a Greek man to go back and, you know, get married, all this, uh, which, uh, you know, has not happened. I mean, you know, again, we make choices. We decide, uh, you know, on what we, what, what, how we want to, I guess, explore different opportunities in our life. So I, I but I, I came for a year. I had a very uh, certain plan. And then I started working and I liked it. I mean, I like that I was solving problems. I like that I was learning. I guess I was, I really love that. I found that. Wow, this is amazing to me, you know, like this part of, uh, of, of business and the world that I had no exposure before, to me that was very fascinating. So uh, during the, basically uh, after the first year, uh, I renewed that postdoctoral appointment for a second year, and then I realized that uh, I wanted to stay a little longer. So I basically looked for a permanent role and I joined a company as a scientist. So I was working basically doing technology development and product development. And 20 years later, of <laughs> course, I, 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 you know, I mean, I, I, I was always, I have thought about it a lot. I always wanted to learn new things, to solve new problems, but also I wanted to to explore more opportunities. So either I had raised my hand and said, yeah, if there is an opportunity there, please consider me. Or if they said, would you like to go there? I said, yeah, I, I would like. And it was the decision was always driven by, I want to see something different. After a few years working in the States, I went to um, back to Europe. I was based out of Germany, but I had responsibility for technology development in Europe. So I was traveling to different countries. And then, Two or three years later, they said, well, there's an opportunity that, you know, it's a very good fit, but it's in Asia Pacific. Would you like to go to China? <laughs> and I, it was the same again. I said to them, I, it sounds interesting. I've never been in China. <laughs> so, yeah. so, and, you know, I mean, and, and, and I made a trip because that was a big thing. I could not just go. I went to China and I noticed that again, it was a, a part of the world and people that I could learn a lot from. To me, that always has been a key driving factor. I love it. I love it. And you learn the languages too, because I, I, I know you speak German and Chinese. Yes. Uh, and I also understand Italian. I don't speak it. I mean, I, I took Latin in, uh, you know, in high school. I don't, but I never studied it. Like, you know, and, and like, I cannot really speak it. But after a couple of days in Italy, I can like understand everything. I believe. I mean, you Greeks, uh, you're uh, <laughs> at the epicenter of all language, almost of all the the, yeah. the roots of a bunch of languages. So I think the language piece makes. So I'm interested in cultures. I'm interested in people. 
like I, I really have a genuine interest in learning uh, how people think, how they do things. So, and I think language helps us always because when we start talking, you know, local language, then it's much easier to communicate. Uh, I, I like to learn how to dance, like if I can like learn a, a local dance because I also love dancing. So these are things to me like culturally, they, they help me learn the local, the, the local, the cultural aspects fast. And then, of course, there is the part of learning how they do business and how they approach customers and other other aspects. So to me, that part is what I think brought me, you know, basically that's what brought me to different countries and different continents. I can definitely relate to that. When I travel, the, there's nothing that I like the most than just to walk and kind of blend with my surroundings. I don't want to look like a tourist. I even like study the map before I go so that I know the roads that I have to turn into because I just don't like to walk like a tourist. I, I <laughs> like to feel like I belong to the place where I'm at. And so I can totally relate to that. And so you obviously not that old. So I think we're probably around the same age. And, yes. uh, <laughs> and you disrupted yourself in 2017. And, that, and you don't, and I, the only reason why I mentioned this is because you don't hear that from someone that's, in my view, still quite young, uh, yeah. that you go through life and you say, oh, well, I have a great life. I'm traveling the world. You still have, you know, flexibility in your life because, as you mentioned, you know, you, you don't have kids right now. So you can mm -hmm. you can move around, so to speak, yes. quite easily. <laughs> and then you go on and one day you say, I'm going to disrupt myself. I'm quitting my big uh, job or, you know, quite uh, accomplished uh, career. And you decided to go on your own, basically, right? Yes, and I, of course, you know, there is a moment that I made my final decision, which I know which one it is. Uh, however, it was a long process. So a very a point that I knew very clearly, let's say three or four years ago, I think that this process started around 2015 as I was getting ready to come back from uh, China to return back to New Jersey. And I could feel that there was something like, of course, I was looking forward to coming back after, you know, seven years of international expat assignments. But there was also something that did not feel right. But at the moment, I could not uh, put my finger on what it was. But I knew very well, like other people would say, I have 10 more years to work or I have 15 more years to work. That thought never crossed my mind. And I know now. So it was not like I, I knew, let's say, I had worked, you know, 20 years and I had 15 more. I, I was not that, that was not the, the my thinking process. I knew that I had I have a lot of things, you know, in front of me to do. And I think it was a process of uh, coming back to the U.S. I think ch this change, I think, probably helped me or guided me to start thinking more about the things that I like. But I will tell you. So when I look back at my career, I'm like immensely grateful. I would not change anything. Like even if I had designed it to do the things I did, to, to be at places that I've, I had the opportunity to work, I would not change anything. And I'm extremely grateful that you know, I had this opportunity. But it was, there was a point that it was not as fun, and I know it because I'm the kind of person that I wake up in the morning and I get out of bed and I'm like, okay, what's the day is going to be today? And I did not have that level of excitement at the level that I know I, I need to feel it, you know, when I wake up in the morning. And it took me a while, Letitia. That was, I will tell you, it was a, a, a painful process. Also, it was a process that I had to really 
find time like with myself only and I'm a uh, extrovert and I'm a very social person so there's always people around me I had really to find time for myself to really realize you know what's going on here why is does you know what I, why do I feel differently and I thought it was the change again coming from Shanghai back to New Jersey I thought that was it that was at the beginning in 2016 but then I realized that that was not it it was more than that and um it was, a, I will tell you, I don't know, probably more than two years that I, I really struggled to figure out, was it that I needed to do something different? Was it that I needed to go to a different company, to a different region? What was it? Because, again, I've, I've traveled a lot and there were a lot of changes that happened in my life. So it was 2017 that I was, very, I, was I started feeling that I... I know that I want to do something different. I don't know what that is exactly right now or yet, but I know that it has to be something different. I know that I wanted to have um, more flexibility because I, I will be very honest with you, being a vice president and working, you know, basically with global teams and traveling and all that is like literally 24-7. And although I loved it and I think it uh, have the energy and the passion to do these things, after a while I realized that I also want more time for myself and my personal life. And I thought that it would be better and easier for me to do that, let's say, as a freelancer. So that was the first uh, thing, the first decision I made that I will not... Uh, go back to, you know, be a vice president of a company, I would probably try to be a freelancer and, and be able to manage better my work and life and, and have more time for myself. That was the first decision. Sometime, I think, during 2017. So I think there are different things and there is not one thing that happened. So the, the week that I left my former uh, uh, role in 2017, I came across the work of Seth Godin. It's, it's amazing to me that this happened uh, the same exact week. I did not know Seth at all. So, and I started uh, really, not only like really following him, but studying him because that's, if, I, if I'm intrigued by a, a person or a topic, I really like go full in. So like I had like two months that I read everything I think that he has uh, written uh, up to that point. And I'm like, okay, now there is, I can see more things. And I read Linspin, which it was, more or less, I think, a way to describe how I view my work. And then I read the book, uh, Now It's Your Turn, and what, what you are going to do now, now that's your turn. And um, I, then I started thinking, okay, maybe there is something more here. There is uh, the freelancing and, you know, being an advisor, um, uh, that's something definitely, that's my work, I will continue to do. But then there is probably more things to do. So, and I started exploring that. Late 2017, I started considering basically uh, learning new skills and getting ex creating a new network, which I did very intentionally in 2018. 2018 has been, it felt like 30 years ago when I was preparing myself to get into the university. I took, I think, five different workshops, most of them by, uh, by Seth Godin. Uh, I learned new marketing, the old MBA, which is a lot about leadership, um, the marketing seminar, which is about the new way of marketing. And then, of course, I took the, uh, the podcasting fellowship, the first one that they launched in the summer. So it was a year that I, I really went back to school, but that was a different kind of school. You know, it was a different way of learning. You and were putting yourself as a priority, most likely. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, it was about designing and creating the life that I want to live in the next, I don't know, 20, 30, 40 years, whatever this may be. And I was learning a lot of new things. And at the same time, I was creating. And I think that's a very important aspect when we talk about big career changes like the one that I went through. I was really creating a new network. The, 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 my network now, the people that I, I talk to, uh, to and I work with every week are not, you know, executives or corporate employees. I still have very good friends, but I, I have a group of a very tight network of entrepreneurs, freelancer, freelancers and creative uh, people that are, they help me. Because I think when we talk about such a big change, we cannot do it alone. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and so much resonates uh, with me in terms of what you're saying. And definitely none of us is being, uh, how would you say, paid by Seth Godin to promote him, but it's no. definitely worth promoting because for me, it was the same kind of process. I've been in touch with his work for a, for a long time. You've done things that I definitely want to do still, like the Alt MBA, but it's just a matter of opening yourself to what's out there, and you said it very well, and, and, and realizing that we have creating power and, and we can yeah. really achieve what we want. And I probably mentioned this in other episodes, but when I started doing the podcasting thing, I could tell there were two kind of people. The one that would look at me like saying, you're totally crazy. <laughs> doesn't, doesn't she have enough things to do in her life that she has to now do a podcast? And people start looking at the, like there's something wrong with you. And, uh, and then the people that are intrigued and say, wow, that sounds cool. And, then, and you, you know you're touching a nerve. And this is why I want to achieve with this podcast is I want to touch a nerve. And through the audience listening through you and hopefully listening through me, that is saying, wow, they, I feel what they're describing. I felt that. And uh, you said something that's very important. You said, I was waking up and I wasn't excited. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I always say in, in this podcast, it's about, it's about what makes us tick and what makes us excited and what makes us look forward to the day. And to realize that and act upon that like you did, is quite amazing. But it takes, I think the one thing I've learned is that it takes time. So if I had to slow myself down, I do a lot of things. I, I, I'm involved in a lot of things. And in my former corporate career, I did the same thing. And I enjoyed this thing, all of them. So I think that is, everybody's different. But for me, the big one was to like really slow myself down. I started uh, journaling every day. I started really basically putting on a paper everything I was thinking. A lot of that was questions I did not know. I was like, why I'm not feeling good? And, and then I had to really like let myself write things um and that helped me a lot so, but I, I think that's an important element of we all know who we are and what makes us tick and what makes us happy what makes us smile what's fun but i think we we really need to give ourselves ourselves the opportunity to do that for me i was like i think doing so much that i did not really have uh i did not let maria talk to me when maria started talking to me she said everything <laughs> wow, that's awesome. I like that. <laughs> but the, isn't it funny, though, and I'm sure, and now you're also coaching people and and, and, and inspiring yeah. people through, I mean, and I would definitely will have your LinkedIn information in the show notes, but everybody listening to this, just check Maria's LinkedIn profile out. And she has so many amazing articles that she's written. And, you know, it's in, in just that process of discovery 
that we go through. The most challenging thing I think for people is I don't have time for that. It's almost like you feel that anything that it's not essential or is not work related or is not family related is is not a priority. That's how I feel sometimes. Some people uh, get get the excuse or excuse themselves from not doing this or not doing something that they like. Yeah. How would you go around that? How do you try to explain or inspire people to say, you know, you might not have time, but you have to carve it out or slow down, as you said. Yeah. So the slowdown piece, I think, is more difficult for many people. Uh, and I do understand that we all have a full plate. I don't think there is anybody that I can ask, uh, like, do you have a spare time to do something? There are very, very few people that will say, yeah, I have, a, you know, 30% of my time. I don't know what to do. I think this is very rare. So uh, I think it's a matter of deciding what we want to do. So a, a good example to talk about how I think and how I make my decisions. So when I when I graduated for the podcasting fellowship and then they decided to do to do a round two, the one that you attended, uh, they decided that they would have some coaches. We did not have that in the first one. So when Alex De Palma and Seth Gordon sent me an email that they would like, uh, you know, they would like me to be a, one of the coaches. I thought about it like, is it a good time? Do I have time for this? I have other things I want to do. But then I realized that that's a good opportunity for me to get to know people that we can help each other. I can learn from them. They can learn from me. So I, I did not see it as, a, let's say, a coaching career or I did not see it as something really big. I thought to myself, Okay, let me see if I can have an hour or two every day, you know, whatever the commitment would be. Could I do that? And I think the easiest way to make change, although we're talking about big change, but always it starts with a small step. And that's how I, I live my life. So if I like, if I'm curious about something new and I want to try it and I encourage people to find something because that's also good for the growth mindset development. If there is something that we are curious about, we think you, we are interested, just 30 minutes a day, start doing that. But, you know, consistently, deliberately, stay with it, put the effort. It doesn't have to be, you know, we're not deciding about, it's not a huge decision, but it, I think it's a small commitment that we can do. And I think everybody can find 30 minutes a day to either learn something or help someone else with something. And that was, for me, that was the decision. And I do the same thing. I, I try to do something new. Uh, that's how my brain works. Uh, I try to do something new, to be involved in a new activity almost every month. I sort of need that. Uh, it fits my brain uh, because I tend to get bored easily. So I, I, whatever that is, sometimes it's a hobby. Sometimes it's a new friend. Sometimes it's a, it's a book review. It's something that I have not done before with a new person, a new environment, I try to get myself into this. And usually it's something around 30 minutes a day, but I try to change that because I think that helps. That also helps us realize that we can do more things, but one small step every day. I love it. And uh, I'm, I'm with you. My biggest fear is that I don't learn something new or that my brain 
stops learning. So, and that's how I get myself into these situations uh, also. So as we are getting, you know, ahead, I know that, uh, that uh, you are a busy person and I want you to share as much as you can with us. But I, there's one thing that I want you to share, Anise. I know that you went back home. I don't know if it was, uh, probably wasn't the yeah. first time, obviously, in all these years, but this was quite an important trip back because you went back for three weeks to Greece and you decided to be there and, and try to disconnect as much as possible. Can you share? Yes. I, I know through reading your, your posts and blogs about it, it was also like a, a, a life-changing experience, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I, I think that ties well with what I talked about. Like 2018 was a very busy year for me. I really felt like I went back to school. And then it was a lot of, you know, new people, a lot of new activity in my life that uh, it was all, everything felt great, but also a lot. So I, I, as I prepare myself, and I think that's an important thing to, when we prepare ourselves for our, you know, what I call long game and a lot of things to do, uh, I realized that I needed to take a break and I wanted to go back to what I call the basics. And for me, the basics are very uh, simple because my mom who still uh, lives as a working class citizen, still in the same apartment. We were born and raised in the same neighborhood with my two sisters. So I wanted to go back to the basics. So I spent three weeks. I had no agenda other than spending time with my family, relatives and friends, uh, cooking, because I love cooking with my mom and my mom is an excellent cook. So I learned a lot uh, from her. But also we cooked a lot together and uh, visited friends and, and relatives and it was no social media I only I, I, I did not even read but I, I, I journal so I took my journal with me because that's something I do every day but it was a time that it was very simple very basic and it really it was important for me to empty like my mind uh, like it was a mental uh, basically um, uh, reset and uh, I also felt really good because I love uh, eating Greek food and all uh, that. <laughs> so it was really, yes. I uh, love walking you know, outside and um, seeing uh, friends and not, not having like schedule activities and big plans. It was a lot of family around the holidays, a lot of family dinners and meals and, and talking with friends and and family. I think that was, but for me, that was important because I knew I was going to come back in January and I had a lot of things to do. So I, I, I knew I wanted to take a break. That's something I, I need. Now, for many people, three weeks of this is like very strange, especially when they know me. Everybody was, was saying, how are you going to be, you know, not posting every day and not doing this. And I said, I think I'm, I'm going to be okay. And I was because I know myself. Yeah, <laughs> of course. You, you intentionally, you made the purpose of. Yes. Yeah. And and yeah. it's funny because it's uh, that's how my idea for, for this podcast came back. It's during a trip to Sicily where I go also every summer and I try to be there for four or five weeks. Now that I have kids, I love that they are in contact with that culture. And uh, it's a back to basics. I, I do work while I'm there because obviously that's the good and the bad is you can work from anywhere. And that's bad because sometimes mm -hmm. disconnecting is hard, but at the same time, it's giving me an opportunity to be there. So I say, well, this is almost the best of both worlds, but just the fact that I'm in an environment that is definitely slower than life in the U.S., in yeah. my perception, and uh, where you're really 
uh, in touch with with uh, with other aspects of life. It's so important, and to do that reset, absolutely, I think it's it's a key. Mm-hmm. But Letitia, you said something really important. Like we need to learn to rest and slow down. Like now, now I'm you know I'm, I'm in the middle of doing a lot of uh, work and creative work, work that it takes longer usually and more effort and emotional labor. But when I realize that either I'm getting tired or I'm not producing the you know the level of content that I want, or my or my interaction with others may not be you know the best I can I can serve. I realize that uh, I just need to slow down and I just need to take a little break. And I think knowing how to do that is the same, like knowing how to do good work is, is as important as knowing, you know, when we need to slow down and rest. And, and, I've le- and I know that and it's part of my, it's part of my routine and my life. I, I do that very intentionally. Absolutely. I think it's, uh, it's important. And, and, and in my case, it's, you know, when you have the kids that are dragging you <laughs> into a different direction, is maybe, as I always say, maybe it's not physical slowdown, but it's mental slowdown. And when you, and you switch gears, when you're just with them and when you're just with the kids, your brain is also slowing down from all that it's your work and, and your activities. So that is absolutely important. And, and so as to close, I want you to share, if you can, about your podcast so that hopefully people can check it out as well. And all the information will be in the show notes. But I know you launched your podcast last month, correct? Yes, just actually three weeks Congratulations. ago. Thank you. I'm, I'm, I'm super uh, happy about it. It is called Impact Learning, and it's all about the new ways uh, we uh, learn, we connect with others, and we create work uh, in, in the current state, but also in the future. And uh, uh, you can find basically on any platform that you, you know, your, the listeners listen to a podcast, they can uh, search for Impact Learning and they will find it. Uh, and uh, we will be sharing a lot of stories of uh, not only you know my story, but also the stories of others who are really disrupting the way we, we learn and work in the connection economy. Well, I definitely am a fan. I subscribed already, so I invite everybody to do the same. <laughs> and uh, leave us with one thought, and I don't want to in the spot. If you haven't uh, mentioned it already, is there anything that makes Maria tick? When Maria talks to you and you say, now she's talking a lot. What is it that thing that you say, well, yeah, this is who I am? So I think when, I, when people think of me, and uh, I have received this feedback, so when think people, my friends, people who know me well and they have worked with me and, or they know me personally very well, um, I, really, I really want to help other people and show them a, like a different way forward because other people, other people have done that for me. And uh, that's one thing that I, I focus on, um, on contributing, helping even if it's one or two people, helping them to see a different way forward and if possible, give them some resources so they can, they can move forward, like even one, one step every day. Well, I am sure that a lot of people listening to this are going to feel that you did just that. I know I felt that, that uh, you have inspired me through this conversation, learning more about who you are and your journey. So I'm very grateful that uh, you said yes. And I definitely will, you know, you have a fan in me and I will keep to, to follow you and your work. And I hope a lot of my listeners do the same. So I thank you, Maria, for being on, uh, on the podcast and I wish you the best of luck. 
Thank you so much. I appreciate the opportunity to share my story with you and your listeners. Uh, it's been great. Thank you, Maria. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.